episode 211, Going Beyond the Cheerleading, the Node Health Digital Medicine Conference. Today, I speak with Jay Erickson, Brian Van Winkle, and Shahid Shah. American healthcare entrepreneurs and executives you want to know. Talking. Relentlessly seeking value. Node Health is the collaborative home for digital medicine transformation. It is led by health systems in partnership with payer, pharma, patient, startup, and industry partners. Node, N-O-D-E, by the way, stands for Network of Digital Evidence. Last month, I attended the Node Health Digital Medicine Conference in New York City and had the honor and pleasure of speaking with Jay Erickson, who is a partner and chief operating officer at MODIS, as well as a cancer survivor, patient advocate, and an executive board member at Node Health. Also in this conversation is Brian Van Winkle, Director of Innovation at John Hopkins Health System and the Executive Director of Node Health. And last but not least is Shahid Shah, Chairperson at Health Impact Forum and the founder of NetSpective. Shahid is also an early supporter and pseudo co-founder of Node Health. We talk about the important work that Node is doing validating digital medicine solutions, If you work in this industry, especially if you are a buyer or seller of digital solutions, you're going to want to listen to this episode, in particular, the part towards the end where we talk about something every good strategist or architect knows about, the role of abstraction in any solution that has the potential to scale. My name is Stacey Richter, and this podcast is sponsored by Aventria Health Group. Welcome to Relentless Health Value, Jay, Brian, and Ashid. So starting with you, Jay, do you want to just say who you are and where you work? Sure. Uh, My name is Jay Erickson. I am a partner and health and wellness lead at MODIS, which is a digital product studio based here in New York. I'm also a cancer survivor and a patient advocate at large, and I am also on the executive board of Node Health, and I'm excited about the work that we're doing as an organization. Specifically, I represent a patient node and that voice in the, in the organization, as well as an innovator node, and recently in the past few months have been focused on user experience measurement. Brian? Like most people here, I have multiple hats. So my day job is as executive director of the Innovation Center out of Johns Hopkins. We specifically operate out of Washington, D.C., Sibley Memorial. In that role, I'm responsible for finding digital technologies, startups, emerging technologies from uh, established companies, bringing them into our healthcare system. So that's my daytime job. Nights and weekends, I'm executive director of Node Health. So we are largely a volunteer-based organization with a core project team. So I run that organization. Super proud of it. So happy to talk about it. And I'm Shahid Shah. I've uh, run a company called uh, NetSpective, and we do a couple of different things. There's a group of us that run uh, media properties, uh, so uh, a podcast, as well as a number of blogs and other sites that help developers figure out what to make and how to make it uh, in the digital health and medical device communities. And I was one of the early supporters and a pseudo co-founder of the uh, Node environment and Node as an organization, which is now fully nonprofit registered company. We're doing some great stuff. And uh, and I think uh, as we jump into discussing questions around what we're doing, people will soon quickly discover that there's lots of gaps that we're filling here. So I look forward to the conversation. Speaking of the gaps that Node is filling, why don't we go back to Jay? And I'd love to hear what is Node from your perspective? 
So NODE stands for the Network of Digital Evidence. And I think there's two key concepts baked into that name. One is it's a network. It's the assumption that not one tranche of this industry, pharma, payer, patient advocates is, is going to solve problems, that problems get solved using a network, using a collaborative approach. I think that's a really important piece of it. And then of digital evidence, so that it's evidence-based. And I think this is a key differentiator in the market that we are hyper-focused on evidence-based and rigor and the kind of science that has been brought to the adoption of previous types of medicine, molecular medicine and, and other types of medicine. Brian? Node Health, as Jay said, is really to fill a, a void in the digital health industry, which is all around clinical evidence. It, it's great from my perspective and wearing two hats because I sit on the problem side, being a director of innovation at Johns Hopkins, trying to find the right solutions that, that have clinical evidence to them. I have dozens and dozens of conversations with clinicians every day that say, um, look, I need these solutions. This EMR is crushing me. What's out there that can help me? But at the same time, they're incredibly skeptical of technology as a solution. And so if I can't bring technologies that have some type of a clinical rigor backing that have been through a trial when appropriate, I lose credibility, the startups lose credibility, the entire digital technology industry loses credibility. So Node Health is, is designed to kind of add that clinical rigor to some of these digital technologies. And speaking of kind of credibility, the reason I think Node Health fills that gap or can credibly fill that gap is because we're run, owned, operated by healthcare systems themselves as one part of the healthcare ecosystem. On our board, in addition to some, some great people from the payer node and from the government node and from the patient node, is the healthcare system node, which in addition to the patient is kind of at the center. I mean, we can't kind of get away from that yet. So our board is made up of a lot of healthcare systems. We're a 23 healthcare system organization um, and growing. And a common part of that is our network into researchers, principal investigators that understand rigorous trials so that we're not just kind of publishing superficial thought pieces, but we're actually trying to be a solution within the industry. This is Shahid. So before we have a discussion about why yet another organization, let's think about what would happen if Node doesn't exist and is not successful. If Node is not around, we don't actually understand from a market perspective what products are really in demand versus just being supplied because startups and others are producing them. Uh, so you can go to a lot of conferences and you'll see many, many companies out there who with a great idea, but unclear about what the demand is from the hospitals and the pharma and the uh, payer side. So the first thing we're doing is to say, okay, let's match real demand to potential supply. Now, when the supply does come in, how do you know what is good and what is bad? Well, in this case, good and bad really means, will it work in my environment? Will it assist patients uh, lightly or is it going to give them you know new things that they could never do before and then finally how do you measure that so what we're trying to figure out is that if digital health is useful let's make sure that the health systems and pharma and payers etc can drive the demand towards what is absolutely necessary then they can help define what is the utility both to themselves as an institution as well as the patients and then probably the most important thing is the measurement in a way that could apply to multiple of these uh, customers that are going to use that tool so for example if sibley uses a cool tool that i created could other organizations then use it or not if we don't have a collaborative like this where everyone is speaking before we build the tool or grab the tool or use the tool or identify the tool, then we won't know. But just like today, if you're looking at a pharmaceutical biologic, a pill that is being tested, 
it's very rare for the pill to be tested at one health system and then doing it again at the next health system and then again at the next health what you do is a multi-site trial and that's one of the things that Brian and the team at at Node are going to be really good at is getting these multi-site quote trials they're not really you know same kind of clinical trials that we see in biologics yet but there's no reason to believe that you couldn't have that in a few years so if node doesn't exist and node is not successful well then how do you get that level of rigor on understanding efficacy safety value etc so one thing as we bring partners and uh, other quote nodes into our sphere we want them to recognize this is not just another organization like five other organizations there actually is no other organization even uh, government that is actually going out and seeking ways that evidence can be defined for digital health to be used as a therapeutic huge and uh, i mean we're seeing billions of dollars being spent on the venture side doing this if just a fraction of that money were used to help devise the evidence for it we'd get a lot more value out of those billions of dollars so that's why we're here and uh, looking forward to continuing this over the next few years she had mentioned like what what happens if uh, node health doesn't exist it's being on the inside of a healthcare system i can only almost describe it as being encased or entrapped in our own system and in some cases this is a very real environment of patient suffering and you have all these solutions trying to knock on the wall and get in and it's like we're seeing through a glass in case housing and we see these patients suffering and on the outside we see all of these solutions seeming but we can't break that glass and that's that's kind of a, a frustrating environment to be in so node health is trying to kind of at least crack the windows to let the good ones in an anecdote that i often share is there are technologies that will do genetic testing to identify which types of pharmaceuticals are most appropriate to you across the board of course precision medicine um in some cases that's related to mental health and so i have some friends that are going through mental health issues and we all know how serious that can be in general mental health prescribing is a trial and error basis yet there are great solutions out there that can actually kind of be more precise in terms of the types of pharmaceuticals uh, that they'll be prescribing the implications of getting it wrong are actually very severe i mean patients actually go down a really dark dark path on the flip side i have several friends working on that solution and so cns dose is one of those solutions they have been proven clinically to improve clinical outcomes to identify the right pharmaceutical and yet they can't get into healthcare systems they can't prove the business case or we have some healthcare systems that say hey that's not a mass genetic testing to identify actually the diagnosis that's just the treatment come back to us when you find the full kind of precision medicine and so there's a lot of frustrations in terms of trying to get the right technologies to the right patients and the right providers and right now without organizations like node we're just entrapped in this glass house <laughs> uh, trying to break it down i would like to get into how we're operationalizing this and the way that i'm kind of parsing this out is that the word solution has been completely bastardized it just means like a product in its truest form what solution means is the answer to a problem you've got a problem and you've got a solution and it's almost the glass which is a great and evocative image that i see it's almost you've got the problems on one side of the glass and you've got the in quote solutions on the other side of the glass and it's like somebody needs to draw lines between the problems and the and the solutions so how is node operationalizing this 
There's a number of ways it's happening, and a lot of it is built around what's happening at this conference. So healthcare systems talking to each other and sharing lessons learned and saying, oh, we tried this, have you heard about that? And then building on that, and one, we have uh, prototyped and are working to build a national pilot registry. And I think it's important that it's not a vendor registry or a product registry, it's a pilot registry and or a digital medicine trial registry, if you will, because that's more about a solution. It's more about of a specific instance and a use case and having it a real world trial of it, ideally multi-site, which uh, leads to better scaling, obviously. And so as that product is envisioned and is being developed, uh, you have a network of the healthcare systems, you have the vendors in that system, and you have the ability to search, sort, look at trend data, to be able to manage your own innovation pipeline in a, in a Kanban style board, and then have that data feeding up into the network and people able to say, oh, this thing is, seems to be working. Or And some of the data points on the pilot level that we're, we have include not just the things that you would find on any given registry, but you know what was it successful, what was it not successful at, and providing that really valuable information. So that's one way that we're able to fulfill the mission. So, and I'll just give a use case. So like, let's pretend, so, so I'm at Johns Hopkins, I work with a clinician and, and this clinician has high readmissions rates for congestive heart failure in a maybe a low e-literacy population. What solutions are out there that have been tested on that similar type of population with that similar type of disease? Right now, I do web searches. I reach out to accelerators that are in some ways protective of that information unless we're members. Um, in some cases, I call healthcare systems. Node Health creates informal mechanisms to allow me to reach out to like-minded innovation centers. But then through this formal mechanism, I would go and say, what are those digital trials that have occurred? What are those technologies that have passed the test? I can look at how they pass the test. I can look at the rigor of that clinical trial. And then I can quickly identify the two or three solutions that might be effective and work in my environment. That's not to say I need to make sure that it does still work in my environment, but I can approach that solution with a little more confidence from a clinical perspective. Because one of the issues with looking at any of this information is that nobody uses a standard template. So if you're trying to dig in and understand what someone did or did not do, it's like, what are you doing next year? For sure, for sure. I mean, um, it's it's not all free form fields. Uh, you have to design it in an incredibly rigorous way. And so we oftentimes uh, talk about getting the framework right. And even the way we talk about digital technology, what is telehealth, what's remote, what's machine learning mean, what's our, there, everybody has different languages for these types of things. We would love to design it from the problem perspective. So are you addressing diabetes? Are you addressing throughput? Are you addressing high turnover rates with your nurses in a particular unit? And then under that, you can kind of identify the right technologies. But you're right, it is a highly structured, formatted, curated, I think we call it a walled garden in some sense. Um, but yeah, and we do have working prototypes types of this. So, um, uh, a lot of thought has gone into the structure of it. And when you look at uh, these particular issues of how do you create this registry, how do you know what's going on? The very first problem, of course, is just getting health systems plus payers, pharma, etc., talking to each other. The second step is building a reasonable taxonomy. And that's really what 2016 and 2017 was really about just getting the basis formed and getting all the interested parties together. 2018 really was the first time we started to say, okay, what does the taxonomy look like for us at Node? And now start vetting that taxonomy of things like what what is a solution versus a product? What are the problem areas? Jay just presented here at the Node Health Conference this week, a great overview of how would you evaluate something as seemingly simple as a user experience? 
is it a good user experience or a bad user experience? Well, who, who knows what that means? So you have to be able to build a taxonomy that says these are things that are important to us as a whole, get an agreement on that. And the only thing we know about everything that we're doing is we are absolutely unequivocally going to be wrong, but we're going to be wrong together. And then we're going to get it better one by one. And then as soon as one piece gets better, everybody simultaneously benefits. So the idea that we know in advance what is right is not true, right? What we know is we're going to get it wrong. And by these minor iterations, and so just having a room full of people that could look at what Jay and his team have just presented, now instantaneously, we're going to say, oh, yeah, 80% of it looks great. But you know what, 20%, I, there's no way I could score this. So when you think about operationalization, that's a great question because there's going to be three main things. One is the discussions that are happening have never happened before. And therefore, that is operational in nature because now people are having the conversations that they weren't have, having before. The second is these taxonomies. Uh, how do we know what's important to us and how do we start to identify those and, and write them up? And so, you know, Brian and his team uh, just uh, last week released a very nice testing paper. Like, how do you go and test a digital health tool? What are the facets that you would look at? Just something like that didn't exist. And so when you start thinking about this from a sophisticated, disciplined approach, that's where the science comes in. And there is a science to potentially doing user experience. There's a science to testing safety. There's a science to testing whether a tool fits a business model that a hospital has. And so 2018, 2019, these are about the taxonomies. And then that last piece, uh, which I think 2019, 2020 and beyond is going to be about is actual pen to paper code that people can use. They can download it and inject it into their own systems. They can go to registries that uh, Node would create. They would be uh, libraries that are spun out uh, and used by the community to pull in and do th new things that we didn't think that uh, Node would be doing, but could be uh, sponsoring or asking other people to do. And so we really believe in committing to code everything that we are talking about. And sometimes code is a paper that explains something, but realistically, code should be something that somebody can actually download and use. And that's where we want to be. So we don't want to end up being an organization that just yammers on and talks about all the nice cheerleading kind of stuff. We want to say, here's how you do it, then go do it, prove it, get people to use it, and then uh, worry about adoption and everything else uh, because the community is big enough just in this conference that, that, that you can see. I mean, there are some important health systems here, important payers, important pharmacies, uh, et cetera. Everybody's here. And the moment we can say that we're committing to artifact production, code, papers, et cetera, that people can actually, I mean, this, this paper on the testing, you can actually read that page by page and do stuff with it today and say, this is how I'm going to do my work going forward. I just wanted to, uh, to build on something that Shahid opened up about failure. Failure is super important. It's a feature of, of innovation. It's what happens. You have to expect that there will be failure on the road to success. And so part of the thesis of the network and the value of the network and the value of the registry is to share failure so that it's not repeated in a silo going on all over the country. And that if we can bring that up to the surface and have those things quickly shared and why they fail is just is super important as well. So that concept is built into the registry to say how effective was it 
And if it wasn't effective, what are the lessons learned? So lessons learned is a data point that's in the registry so that that can be shared so that if someone in the next cell system goes to implement a solution like that, they can avoid those pitfalls. And that's a real value that comes out of that network effect. And we had joked at one point in the product design about calling it the fail scale, but nobody... You know, I think it's a cultural shift that needs to happen because people really don't like to talk about failure, especially at conferences and on panels. And nobody's, hey, I'm a huge failure. It's very uh, touchy, but it's really important. It especially in touching healthcare, and there's a re really valid reason for that because failure can be death, failure can be bad outcome, be complications. So that's important to keep in mind. But we also have to somehow uh, embrace failure in, in a healthy way. Basically, what you guys have done there is solved publication bias, which is a problem in traditional medicine, obviously, as much as, as digital. So hopefully the fail scale will be adopted by your more traditional clinicians as well. The question was around kind of uh, the solutions or what are we actually doing? And so I have to add a couple other things. So we mentioned um, just by virtue of getting together is in some ways a success, but we're not stopping there. And, and we don't want to be an organization that just talks or has conferences. So a lot of this translates into papers, into even input to our registry. We're also working through what we would consider a digital medicine university, which in some ways is a crowdsourced repository of all information that can help the ecosystem system. So if you need to go to standards or regulations or you need to work through publicly available workflows to figure out how digital technologies might embed in there, that's kind of a crowdsourced, shared sourced repository that we will be calling Digital Medicine University. And then even more on the practical scale, a lot of these technologies, a lot of these companies want to prove efficacy, but they don't know how. And they don't know how to design one and they're not willing to pay millions of dollars to a CRO and they don't know who to talk to at Johns Hopkins or NYP or uh, Providence, any of these uh, healthcare systems. And it's actually costing them a lot of money. And, and, and it's, I think some of these startups are actually suffering because they can't prove how great their solution is. So one of the things Node does is we provide advisory support to some of these solutions to say, hey, you may be ready for a clinical trial. You may not. You might want to test efficacy. You might want to test implementation. Um, you don't need to do a full uh, randomized control trial. Um, but for those that do, we'll help orchestrate a multi-site trial for those companies. And we don't just do that so that we can help that company. We also do it so we can learn and fail and, and fail fast in terms of how did we design that? Maybe we didn't need to design it that way. So we're in the process of supporting several digital technologies through that process. So that's a very real, how do we translate what we're learning, what we're hearing into helping the ecosystem now? So just a quick question on that for any of the esteemed panel. A lot of times when digital health solutions or any solutions are developed, but especially digital health solutions, you know, they say you've seen one hospital, you've seen one hospital. So if you have a single hospital that is running the pilot, a lot of times you will wind up with a solution that really only works in that care setting and is very, it is not portable. How... Is Node helping these startups with these multi-site trials? And does that actually put a lot of the burden back on the health system? Because obviously they've got to do a lot of the integration because you can't have a startup working on like eight integrations at one time. Yeah, I think from my perspective, uh, you have a few different facets there. One is, is the problem itself portable? Like if you go, if I go to Brian's hospital versus any others, will I see the same problem? And the chances there is probably yes. Now the workflow, particular steps and the departments involved will be uh, slightly different. So that node can actually help quite a bit problem portability because we can do uh, gatherings like this and, and know that. 
Then there is architecture design and implementation portability. Now that's just bad engineering in many cases, primarily learned from the agile uh, development movement, which just says, develop something quickly and see how it goes, right? That works well on an enterprise setting. If you are the hospital, all of your users are in your unit, you can try something out with them. But if you're a startup and you're selling and you have to sell at volume and at scale, you better have done a lot more thinking. And this is not doesn't mean go to waterfall or it's not a problem with saying agile is good or bad or waterfall is good or bad. What I'm saying is that what I'm seeing as an architect on a number of different systems is a startup will go in, build a solution. The first one that they build is for, let's say, Brian. Brian's very happy, but they forgot that after Brian comes 50 other people and you can't just do that with every one of them. The hospital doesn't want you to experiment on them from a implementation perspective. Experimenting with their problem, that's okay because their problem is slightly different. So there is a configuration-driven model, what's referred to these days as a low-code platform. You can use low-code platform configuration-driven models so that you're far more adaptable. So you have to architect for change, build for a very specific set of audiences from their problem perspective, but then this thing better be installable with the proper integrations, et cetera. And we are well beyond the cheerleading phase where it was just okay to say, oh, we've got something. No, that, be that thing better work from a purely technical point of view. The first time it's installed, the technology itself must work. We're gonna drive to better connection to problems soon. Then there's this third problem. So first is, uh, is the problem portable. Second is, is the architecture, the technology, the solution itself from a purely implementation perspective portable, and it, and it must be. The third thing that uh, causes the biggest uh, strife is how well do I integrate into existing systems? If you are devising a digital health platform today, which is not mobile first, patient first, and integration first, stop now, go find something else to do. There, we are well beyond this notion that somehow we'll put it in and then we'll see how it works. No, I need to know before you walk in. And that's why these registries and these uh, uh, things that we're talking about, they're going to ask you, like, what is your integration strategy today? What are you supporting? What don't you support? Where has it been proven? What standards are you using? So when you look at these very substantial questions, startups that hope that the health system is there to help them finish their solution are living in a dream world. That fantasy is never going to come true. What the health system wants to know is, have you thought this well enough that it is applicable somewhere? It's, it's some health systems are okay to be the first. That doesn't mean they're being the first on the tech, they're being first that you've applied your technology to their problem. That's very reasonable because everybody's problems are slightly different, but a good solid architect product development team knows how to abstract. And if you're not good at abstracting, and you can't say that this problem probably looks like that problem or that problem, even by the way, in payers. So today we do have this issue of multi-stakeholder, multi-institution, this MSMI thing that we talk about very regularly, but even across payers, if you look at the convergence of digital health across payers, providers, pharma, uh, you can see patterns and, and good architects. And when I say architects, I don't mean a solution architect. I'm saying an architect of a problem domain can see that there's an abstraction that can happen. And if you're not good at that, don't get into this business, right? I mean, you just, you have to see 
across facilities, which is what Node is helping with. We see across facilities, everybody describes things differently, but it is out is incumbent on us as an organization to say, you know what, your problem and their problem, they sound completely different, but they are really the same problem. That's the abstraction that occurs. And if you do proper abstraction, then your problem portability remains a, a, a concern and, and you work that out, but your implementation portability and your integration strategy could easily be adopted to tie to specific problems. I, I so agree with all uh, everything Shahid said, and I just want to add, practically speaking, one of the things that we are offering now and are doing actively now is clinical trial services. So that means working with startups to uh, design these trials and to facilitate them to be multi-site. And multi-site, just two is a thousand times better than one. So it doesn't need to be three, four, five sites, just two sites. And and the real reason for that is some of the stuff that he was touching on. And, you know, if one site has Epic and one site has Cerner or one, both sites have Epic, we all know that, that they could be totally different integrations. That's super important to do out of the gate. And it forces you to think this way that if you're not used to doing the abstraction that Shahid is, is advocating for, it just forces you to do that. And this is another underscoring the fact that this is a different kind of medicine. So when you try out a molecule, you're not going to reconfigure that molecule when you go next door. But because software is so fungible and so and so uh, easy to configure and change over time, that's the risk here. And we need to have a different approach. Yeah, and I, I would add a fourth bullet to your list there, which kind of is a, an add-on to what you just said, because I was paying attention in some of the sessions this morning. Someone had said that the success of an implementation is 80% people, 15% process, and 5% technology. And I think that sort of speaks to exactly what we're talking about here, that if you just work on one site, then it's tough to separate what is specific to that particular site to, right. you know, between what is a universal abstraction of the, of the need. Just a couple anecdotes because agree, of course. One is we were working with one company that embedded their solution in the EMR and it's a decision support solution in the emergency department and it's proving really effective and they're like, how do we get it out? And I'm not the technical guy, but uh, I think it's too late. <laughs> like, like uh, you might as well start from scratch. And, and that's not a problem either, but it's almost cemented in the EMR. So clearly, there, there wasn't any kind of planning or thinking about how that might be applicable across healthcare systems. And that happens a lot. And in some cases, that's that's great. But then the reaction to the phrase, uh, one healthcare, once you've seen one healthcare system, you, you've seen one healthcare system. I always think about my experience. I supported the VA or as a consultant for the VA post-crisis where we were trying to help them after the access nightmare that was often publicized. The phrase, once you've seen one VA, you've seen one VA was notorious. And people would always chuckle. And it was incredibly frustrating to me. I'm like, why are we chuckling here? This is a problem. Because you can't scale solutions if you have that philosophy. But I traveled to a lot of VAs. And while there were slightly different nuances to how we're still seeing patients. <laughs> like, And so often I feel like that phrase is an excuse to not be compared to each other or it's this excuse to not work with each other and it becomes kind of this almost like teenager attitude that says hey I'm different and I think we can kind of break that down and and honestly uh, of course agree with these guys we're we are doing an analysis of 13 focus areas that are problem areas across our healthcare system I'd be willing to bet whatever money Shahid has uh, and Jay has <laughs> uh, on these being incredibly relevant. And if we can kind of solve them together with that kind of forward thinking attitude, we'll go a long way. But uh, I, I always react to that one healthcare system. You've seen one healthcare system. Let's break that down a little bit, you know. 
Yeah, there is always a foundational set of common denominators because um, you're absolutely right. If you've got organizations and the main mission of those organizations is exactly the same, thinking that and the main customers are effectively similar, you're certainly going to get common denominators. So if someone is interested in learning more about Node or wants to engage or maybe is even here at this conference and is looking to become more involved, what should they do? I'll answer the direct questions is go to our website, nodehealth.org. Um, where there's a couple links where you can kind of let us know who you are and how you want to be involved. Uh, obviously, you grab us. I look like me. If that helps anybody on this podcast. We're fairly um, up front and present on a lot of uh, conferences. So honestly, as part of this kind of ecosystem draw, we are constantly looking for people that share the same type of passion. And uh, people that have that energy and enthusiasm are infectious. And we find each other in these types of places. That's the informal answer. Uh, info at nodehealth.org is the email that we check regularly. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's a million mechanisms coming to these conferences. We send out pulse to, to a newsletter that lets people know how to get involved. But I think those are the two kind of formal mechanisms. I thank you all for being on the Relentless Health Value podcast today. Once again, that was Jay Erickson, Partner, Chief Operating Officer at MODIS, as well as on the executive board at Node Health. Brian Van Winkle, Director of Innovation at John Hopkins Health System and Executive Director of Node Health. And Jaheed Shah, Chairperson of Health Impact Forum and the founder of NetSpective, as well as an early supporter and pseudo co-founder of Node Health. Links to everything discussed on the program today can be found at RelentlessHealthValue.com. If you visit the website, RelentlessHealthValue.com, you will also find a complete listing of all of the shows that we have published thus far with leading entrepreneurs and executives in the healthcare space today. Another cool feature is, you know, you can subscribe to the show so that every week, the episode is automatically sent to you so you don't have to remember to go to the website to download it. Thanks so much for listening.